Welcome to What's Up Tybee. I'm Sandy McLeod. We have a very special Tybee celebrity with us today. But before we get to her, just a little business. I've had a few people ask about advertising on this show. So I decided I'm going to make the first plunge and be the first to do so. I'll make it short and sweet as everybody hates an ad. I just want to let you know that besides producing, writing, and editing this podcast, I'm a full-time realtor and associate broker with Century 21 Fox Properties. I've been helping people buy and sell homes on this island and surrounding communities in Savannah for over 20 years and would be privileged to help you if you're looking to buy or sell property. Check out my reviews from customers at zillow.com slash profile slash Sandy McLeod and feel free to get in touch with me. Well, that's it. Now on with the show. I had a great time talking to our special guest. She's a Tybee Island native named Hannah Piper. She's a lovely young woman whose family has very deep ties to this island and she's just one of 80 lucky entertainers in the world who made it to be a Rockette in New York for the 2019 and the 2021 seasons. As you may recall, the Rockettes show was canceled for the entire 2020 season, the first time that happened in the nearly 100 years it's been in existence. Hannah says she knew early on that becoming a professional dancer was her goal, and she says that growing up on Tybee was a joyful experience. It was a dream. I lived here until I was in kindergarten, first grade, and then my parents moved us to Wilmington because my brother and I were both in school there. I was dancing. He was doing sports. So it was hard to leave the island, which a 10-minute drive doesn't seem like that long, but I feel like when I was a kid, it felt like it was an hour away, and I couldn't always want to just be back here. But I have so many like sets of grandparents and my whole family is down here. So we're still spending lots of time down here. So it's really nice to have, I think family here makes it 10 times better of a place. But even for somebody that's not from here, it's such a homey spot to be. And this little island is pretty great. I think I knew from like a very young age that I wanted to dance. And probably not until I was in like middle school, I decided I wanted to be a rocket. My studio owner was a rocket in the 70s. So I'd always known about that. You know, it's plastered up on the studio walls and you can see her pictures, which is so cool. But I remember seeing the Rockettes when I went to Nashville for a dance competition. Like it's their Christmas show when they were traveling. And I think that was the moment where I said, this is what I want to do. And I think there are other things in dance that I want to do, but that was my biggest goal. Hannah had great training to build a base for her dancing career with local schools And she started her journey into the field at a very young age with the Gretchen Green School of Dance on Wilmington Island. I started dancing at Gretchen's when I was three, and I danced there until I graduated high school. I started taking tap and jazz and ballet, and then from there I kind of expanded throughout my years doing acrobatics and contemporary and point. And I also started competing with them when I was in fifth grade, and I continued to compete for their team until I graduated, which was traveling and getting to take class and compete our dances. And I wanted scholarships, which were really great, which took me to other summer programs and things like that throughout the years. And then at Savannah Arts, I was there for four years where I did ballet, modern, partnering, choreography, which that was really great to get to do those things because it was a little bit different than what I had at Gretchen. And it was more structured in a school sense. And then being at Gretchen Green was like where my heart was the happiest and it felt like home, I think, because I wasn't being graded on everything. It was a nice balance though of getting to do that and it was great to not have to do schoolwork all day long. Half my day was dancing every day, so I never had anything to complain about that. (laughs) 
Hannah realized that competition would be tough, especially when it comes to getting into a good dance school in New York City. So she made a list of places that might be doable and didn't put all of her dancing dreams in one basket. When I started applying for schools, I think I had 12 schools on my list that I wanted to apply to. And by the end of the application process, I applied to three, which was great. It was nice to start with such a big group of schools and then to do the research and figure out why I did and didn't like those schools. So at the end, I ended up applying to Kennesaw State, which is in-state, which was sort of my backup just to like have something in-state just in case. And then I applied to Pace University, which is where I ended up going, and Marymount Manhattan, which the difference between those two schools is Marymount is much more of a classical style school doing ballet and modern sort of similar to Savannah Arts curriculum. And then Pace University is more commercial-based. So you're doing jazz and tap and musical theater, which is more similar to Gretchen Green. So it kind of all ties back together on where I felt most comfortable growing up here and kind of continuing that into college. So my sophomore year of high school, I did an intensive, which was through a dance competition I grew up going to, but it was held at Pace University. And there I got to stay in the dorms at the school, dance in the studios. There were some of the faculty from the school teaching at the intensive. And I ended up being cast in one of the dances that the director of Pace was choreographing. And I think from that moment that summer, I really decided like that was the school I wanted to go to. That was my number one choice. So from there, I just started to focus on, you know, what I needed to do to get to that school specifically. Uh, and the audition process was really nice. It's like you send in a video audition and you get approved from that. And then from there you come to New York and you audition in person, which is, you know, you do ballet and you do jazz and tap. And then there's a little like space for extra, whatever you can show us kind of moment. And I remember leaving that audition that day and being like, I don't think I could have danced any better. Like, I think that was the best I've ever danced. And, you know, whatever happened after that was going to be what was meant to be. I was not regretting anything. And I remember the day I got my letter from school, I left Savannah Arts because my brother called me and said, you have this big paper and it has pace on the front of it. Do you want me to open it? And I was like, don't you dare. I'll be home in 10 minutes. I'll see you soon. And I opened that letter and I think I cried for like two hours while I called everyone and told them it was the best, the best day. I mean, at that point in my life, it was the best day. So being there was great. I spent four years there and I graduated in 2019. Getting into PACE was a great way to end up at Rockefeller Center. The instructors there encouraged students who were interested to try out for the Rockettes every year to get experience of the audition and to see what type of dancing would be required to get the job. So for her entire college career, Hannah spent summers in a special invitational Rocket intensive camp and tried out every chance she had during her college career. Not getting a place in the coveted kick line did not get her down. So I actually auditioned for the Rockets five times. I started auditioning early while I was still in school because it's very well known that you rarely get it the first time you audition. So our professors at Pace encouraged us to go and experience it. And, you know, if somebody got it, they would deal with it with school when that came time. They hold auditions in the spring and in the fall. So you get two chances within every year to audition, which is really nice because you go in the spring and audition and then they see you in the summer at the intensive 
and then they see you again in the fall. So it's really about building that relationship with them so that every time you come in, they recognize you and know you a little bit more. But after I graduated in the spring, I auditioned then, and that was the first time I made it to the very end of the audition. It's a two-day audition where throughout the entire day, they're cutting the number down, starting at upwards of 500 women at the beginning of the first day. And by the end of the second day, there were less than 30 of us. So making that, that spring was a huge deal because three auditions before that, I had never made it that far. So I was feeling really good about it then. And then after that, I went to the intensive, felt really great about everything I did. And then a month later, went and auditioned uh, that August and made it to the end again. Feeling really good, feeling really great, really hoping that like this was my time and it was going to work out perfectly because I was finally done with school. So there wouldn't be any interruptions. But the day I got the call, I was actually in an Uber on the way to the airport to go to Barcelona for my graduation trip. And I had already seen on social media that other women had been getting their calls. And it was like close to five o'clock. And I had kind of just settled into this thought like, it's not my year. It's okay. I'm going on this great vacation. I'll forget about it. And I'll just keep working when I get home. And I remember sitting in the Uber and getting a call from some random number and being like, oh my gosh, who is this? And I answered and I think I cried the whole phone call. And you know, they tell you that they, that you got the job and then they ask you, do you want to accept? And you accept. And then they start going into all of these details. And I don't think I was even listening. They were like, you start rehearsals then and you, your pay is this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm saying yes, pay me whatever. I'll be there whenever. And literally the next two hours going through security and everything at the airport, I was calling every single person I knew to tell them that, which was pretty similar to what happened when I got into Pace four years prior. So that was probably now to date the best day ever. (laughs) Um, It was crazy. And just getting to call my whole family and all of my friends that knew that like this was my dream and something I'd been working for for so long. And to share that excitement with everybody I know was so special. After all the auditions and all the training, she finally took to the stage in the fall of 2019. And her first season dancing there was an absolute dream come true. Ah, the first year was a whirlwind. It was very nerve-wracking because you want to make a good impression but it was also very exciting that you like couldn't calm down all the time because you were just so excited to be there but we rehearsed for six weeks before the show start and we rehearsed six days a week for eight hours a day so we are going at it for six weeks straight putting together this show and my first year we got a new finale number which was really exciting to be a part of that in you know workshopping new things and putting that together because most of the other numbers are very set in stone and maybe one little thing will change here and there. But for the most part, you're learning it for the first time while all of these other women are just refreshing their brains from last season. So I think that was a really nerve wracking part to learn quickly because there were other people in the room that already knew what they were doing. And then after we have rehearsals, we go to Radio City where we do two weeks of tech rehearsals and we're just running through everything, running the show every day, getting accustomed to everything that's happening on stage and backstage and how choreographed the whole production is, whether you are on stage or you're backstage, walking a specific way to get to your dressing room for that specific number. It's really a machine of a show, which is so incredible to see happen and like coming to see that show when I was growing up and now knowing what's happening behind the scenes is just makes it 10 times better to know how great it is. But that season was 
amazing. I mean, everybody I know came to see the show that year and it was so fun. I felt like I had family or friends at every single show, which was so fun to get to see them after. And we got to do backstage tours then where we could bring people onto the stage and take pictures and show them everything, which was really cool. I mean, it, it feel like it flew by. It really, it really did. And it was amazing. And I don't think I'll ever forget like the feeling of being on Radio City stage for our first show. It was spectacular. And then I remember how sad I was at the last show of the season and being like, well, what am I going to do when, for nine months before we get to do this all over again? Hannah says that often people think all the dancers look just alike, but the staging and the makeup are what create that illusion. To be a rocket, you have to be between 5'6 and 5'10 and a half. And the way that that works is every time we're kicking in a line, you have the shortest girls on the outside and the tallest girls on the inside, which kind of creates this illusion that we're really all the same height, which is crazy because sometimes when you're standing right in front of a rocket, you might think, hmm, she's shorter than I might have thought. Or wow, she's really tall. Like my best friend was in the center of the line and I am fourth from the end. It's kind of weird because it's like, you don't think that that's a thing. You think we're all exactly the same height and we're all exactly the same body type. But when you see us up close, there is such a range of height and body type and ethnicity and what we all look like. And I don't think that there's a standard of rockets have to be the prettiest girls, but we do have a base for like what we have to look like as far as how we wear our makeup, how we wear our hair, how well we're groomed, you know? So I think that that standard makes everyone kind of uniform in that sense. So you're always seeing the rocket with the pretty eyelashes and the red lipstick and the French twist, but you should see us when we walk into the stage door every day in our sweatpants with our hair in a messy bun and we look like we just walked off the street sometimes, you know? So it can be quite the transformation. You know, the Rockettes are a group of women that are supposed to represent all types of women. And the beauty in it is that, yes, we're putting on this makeup, but, you know, we have this thing that, like, if you take off the red lipstick, you just look like a normal person. So it is really nice because it's such a positive environment to be in as far as, like, feeling good about yourself and feeling confident and what you look like and how you are. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's really falling back on your technique. And if you can perform and do all of the choreography and you know meet the needs of what's required of you to do the job, I don't really think it's a matter of what you look like. I think the height difference comes into play more than anything, just to make sure everyone looks uniform in that sense. But other than that, I think we're very open and accepting to anybody who's interested. While the dancers are the ones that create the magic on stage, behind the scenes at every show, it's madness getting all the performers on and off between dances in a snap. And they have a full staff of helpers backstage to make it happen in a flash. We have nine different dances, which is nine different costume changes. And we are blessed to have a wonderful team of dressers who have all of our costumes set out Everything has your name on it. It looks exactly the same. It's in the exact same spot every single day. And you have the exact same people helping you get changed every day. And that is just as choreographed as what's happening on stage. You know, we have one costume change that's less than two minutes. And that's getting out of shoes and a dress and a hairpiece and a jacket to put on shoes and a dress and gloves and a jacket and a headpiece. So it is non-stop crazy but it's so fun it's so fun like 
you we once you get more comfortable within the season we start to play games and we'll play you know who can get ready the fastest we play this game called capture the bows where we like our dance captain will hide bows everywhere and we'll have to find them and we'll shove them in our costumes and collect them throughout the show and see who can win and me and my uh friends that are in my dressing room and we will play tag throughout the show and it's very repetitive because you're doing a hundred shows in six weeks where you have to be exactly the same and it's so perfect to match all the other women every day, but you find ways to keep it entertaining and keep things interesting the whole time. Hannah came back home after her first season with the group, fully expecting to return to New York to re-audition in the spring. But 2020 had other plans for everybody. So she ended up staying in the Savannah area during the worst of COVID, found other ways to stay in shape and do some projects in that downtime. But when the Rockettes regrouped for the show of 2021, she went back to New York for another try. We have to re-audition every year, which is, it's good because it keeps you accountable for staying healthy, staying in shape, training, and you know, keeping your technique up. The nice thing about once you have the job, every time you go to re-audition, it's a private audition just with the women who were working the previous year. It's much more relaxed. So the competition isn't as real because you all have already had this job. And I think coming back after COVID, everyone was really nervous because everybody changed a lot, whether that was they continued to train really hard or some people kind of fell off of that and focused on other things and then we're coming back into that. So I think there was an unknown stress in that situation just because so much time had gone by, but it was so nice to come back into that room and see all of those women who I hadn't seen in over a year at that point. You know, a lot of them don't live in the city full time and the ones that do had relocated during COVID. So, you know, we really hadn't spent a lot of time together during that time off. It was such a positive day and a very low stress day. You know, we came into that room, I think, all really nervous. And I remember our director just being like, everybody take a deep breath. We want you to come back. We want you to be here. We want to rehire everybody. So I think that really set the day up to be a success and less stressful than we had all anticipated. So it was really exciting that this year we had 13 new Rockets and it was so exciting for them because I remember how excited I was and it was so cool to be on the other end of that this year and to enjoy that excitement with them because we were also all feeling that after being gone for so long. We have two casts of Rockets, there's 80 women and then we each have six swings that factor into that 80. So there's only 32 women on stage at a time. And then there's the six that are off stage ready to go in if anyone gets hurt, if anyone is sick, if anyone calls out for whatever reason. So we have a morning and a night cast, which is how that schedule works. I was in the evening cast, which I love because I'm a night owl. So I get to sleep during the day and then come in and do shows at night. We have shows running seven days a week, but on two days out of that week, one cast does all of the shows so that the other can have the day off. So my schedule was I was off on Tuesdays and I did all the shows on Thursdays. So during the week when both casts are performing, you're usually only doing two shows a day. So it's a four total and you're splitting that in half. But then on the days that the other cast is off, you can do four shows all on your own, which those are my favorite days to talk about. I think one of my favorite days this year was Thanksgiving because that falls on a Thursday. So I was guaranteed to be working that whole day. And this year I was lucky enough to perform in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which was my first time doing that. So 
I think I woke up at four o'clock in the morning that day to go to Radio City, get ready, get into costume. And then we were bussed over because they had the road shut down and getting driven down to Macy's. And we got to hang out in Macy's. It's like all closed during the parade. So they just have all the Broadway actors and singers and performers in there to hold them. And then we go and dance in the street right in front of Macy's. And I think we did that at maybe 9, 9.30 in the morning. So I had already been up for five hours just waiting to do that and getting ready for that. Then after I got to go have Thanksgiving lunch with my grandma who came to see the parade. And then I went back to Radio City and we had to do two shows that day after that. So I took a very nice nap after my Thanksgiving lunch. And then I got ready to do two shows, which, you know, our shows are 90 minutes and there's no break no intermission. So it's it's very like shot out of a cannon. Once the first number starts, you are going, going, going until it's over, which sometimes we joke about how we would want an intermission. But I think if we actually had one, we would all fall asleep and not be able to get back up for the second half. So I think it works out. In spite of all the safety measures that were taken for the 2021 season, the Rockettes had a severe outbreak of COVID, and the last few weeks of the show had to be entirely canceled. Hannah says although it was disappointing, she was happy to spend another Christmas at home with her family. And although she's decided to stick around and work in our area for a while, she intends to do her best to have a third season dancing at Rockefeller Center this year. I am home now, working at Gretchen Green, and I have been working with the Savannah Theater over COVID. So I'm hoping to get into some of their shows while I'm home as well. But I came home not knowing what was going to happen and kind of thinking I would just come home for the holidays and, you know, go back to New York. But there's so much for me to do here. And teaching is such a passion of mine that I really enjoy being home and getting to do that with my home studio with the kids that I've watched grow up rather than working at a studio in New York where I'm kind of separated, not knowing the kids. It is a happier experience for me and more enjoyable to come home and work in such a family environment, which is really exciting. I love being home and there's so much I can be doing. It's not like I'm sitting around kind of like I was during that first part of COVID. You know, there are things for me to be doing and I plan to stay very busy, which I usually am. I also now back traveling with the competition I was working for last year, which is so nice that they've been accommodating to let me travel from Savannah. So I'll be out with them every weekend for the next couple months. But I will be back in April for my re-audition for the Rockettes. I'm hoping for a third season this coming Christmas. And I don't really foresee stopping the Rockettes anytime soon. It's definitely something that I want to continue to do for as long as my legs will kick. I feel very, very blessed to have Savannah and Tybee as a home base because over the years I have realized how lucky I am to be part of such a strong community of people that care so much about each other. Such a large support group here that every time I go to New York, even though I have a group there, there's still such a strong hold on home and knowing that this will always be home, even when I am in New York and having people that are supporting me through social media and following along with my journey and coming to visit me when they can come see me dance. And it really means a lot to have such an amazing family and such an amazing community around me to support me through working to my dreams. And it's always so nice to come home and see everybody. And I know one day I'll be back here for good, but I just don't know if it's that time yet. <laughs>
Thanks again to Hannah Piper. We wish her nothing but great things and hope she'll be on a New York stage soon. That's going to do it for this version of What's Up Tybee. If you like this show, please share it with your friends and family. Also, let us know if there's people or topics about our special island that you would like to know more about. I hope you'll bring your open ears back for the next episode. Until then, be safe, and no matter where you are, live like you're on Tybee time. Time.